Elliot, both of us have just seen The Last Jedi. And, you know, that, that movie, it answered so many questions. But there's one that's still dangling out there. You mean like uh, what uh, Supreme Leader Snoke's uh, true origin was? No, what do porks taste like? The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. This is not going to go the way you think. Geek Counter Geek number 107. I'm Keith Conrad, at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Joined, as always, by Elliot Serrano, at Elliot Serrano on Twitter. Follow the show, at Geek Counter Geek uh, on Twitter, and uh, Geek Counter Geek on Facebook. Elliot, um, you know, I... The, the, we should say right off the bat, um, I, I can't imagine why you would be listening to a podcast... You know that in the title says we're talking about the last Jedi and not expect to be spoiled, but we're going to spoil the living hell out of this. Yeah, there's really no way you can get into any real substantial conversation about the movie without, yeah, getting into spoiler territory. And um, for the folks who have seen it already, if you caught the last Jedi in the opening weekend, even if you caught it the first, uh, the opening evenings, uh, Thursday night and Friday. The internet is a buzz. I am so glad I caught a preview screening because since then it's been almost impossible to avoid spoilers, and um, some folks are uh, I, some folks are angry. I'm telling you, they're angry, and uh, they are out there spoiling it without caring. Well, I managed. I you know I saw it Friday uh, afternoon. And I actually managed to get uh, all the way to it without without uh, any spoilers at all. So I, I felt very fortunate on that one. You know, and this was a movie that had a lot of things going on in it that that um, it, it, there are a lot of twists and turns and and quote unquote surprises. Um, I think a lot of the surprises that come from the movie, not so much about the content, you know, or the the uh, the quote-unquote revelations and things that go on, but just how um, Ryan Johnson decided to put the movie together and tell the story. Um, he uses a very unconventional type of, of method. <clears throat> it's kind of like if you took the ending of uh, Return of the Jedi or The Phantom Menace and you made a whole movie just like that. You know, it's like everything is happening in different places all at once and everything, one thing relates to the other, relates to the other. And it just keeps going on and on and on ad infinitum. And you're like, Jeebus, you know, I kept waiting for a chance to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there was definitely a lot, uh, a, a lot going on in a lot, in a lot of places. And, you know, the funny thing is, um, and, and I'm sure this was intentional on Ryan Johnson's part. But, you know, they, they said from the beginning that, that this movie is going to begin right where uh, The Force Awakens left off. And, you know, they, they actually, you know, sort of switch locations a bit because you're in space at the beginning. Um, and then when they go to uh, Octu with, uh, with Rey and, uh, and Luke Skywalker, 
you know, she hands him the lightsaber again. You know, you see that. And I think, uh, at least for me, I was expecting, like, him to, to, you know, actually, like, give some sort of a speech or say something. And instead, he just kind of tosses the lightsaber away and walks off. And I thought that was kind of, I thought that was a great way to do it, because it definitely wasn't what you were expecting. Oh, yeah. And if you're if you're waiting for Mark Hamill to talk, it took time. And I was at at the end of the movie. I was I was thinking to myself, good Lord, this must be the least amount of dialogue I have ever heard Mark Hamill, um, you know, say in a movie, let alone a Star Wars movie. You know, when you when you really look at the number of lines that Luke Skywalker has compared to all the other characters, and it's him, you know, a, a good part of it is him just emoting and being, you know, the, the grumpy old man, don't talk to me, get off my lawn, kid. I want to get on with my life and whatever. You know, I, I kept going, wow, they're, they're making some interesting choices here. So, you know, um, after seeing the movie, I can kind of see why Mark Hamill in the beginning was kind of um, he was he was not happy with what was going on with uh, Luke in in, um, in the, the the Last Jedi. I can tell, and I can understand why. Um, yeah. By the way, going going back a little bit to the you know the opening scene in in space, I think that's the first time that I've actually seen uh, ships in Star Wars that had shields like ships on Star Trek. Yeah, that was yeah, that was interesting too because you always heard you know uh, Chewie uh, uh, turn on the deflector shields and blah blah blah, and whenever ships get hit, you you know the ships themselves you'd see the the laser blasts yeah. strike the hull, and then they're going, what shields are you talking about? So you're right. Um, yeah, maybe uh, I'm just exceptionally <laughs> geeky in that regard, but that's like the first thing I noticed. I'm like, wow, you never see that happen. Right. No, I agree. I remember myself going, oh, that's a new one. You know, um, you can tell that the, the ILM folks wanted to really, you know, let's let's do some new cool stuff and let's raise the bar. I will say as far as the special effects go in The Last Jedi, the, the with the exception of the bit with the racehorses, the far, Farthias, Farthias, I think those are those, what those, those uh, critters are called. Completely unnecessary is what I call them. Yeah, right. Um, you know, the, the special effects were impressive. Uh, they, they did some things I had never seen in, in a Star Wars movie. Add to that um, the, the palette, uh, the, um, the color palette, or the way everything was lit, much brighter than we saw in The Force Awakens. Uh, the space battles were much easier to follow, made sense yeah. um, in, in, in this one as opposed to The Force Awakens. Um, or, you know, you can tell that they they learned a couple things when they were doing Rogue One. And, um, yeah, and some truly, <clears throat> you know, real like, whoa, I, I have never seen, you know, who knew <clears throat> that a starship going at sublight speed crashing into other ships would make so much damage? Well, now we know. Well, and they, they sort of uh, set that up a little bit with uh, Star Wars Rebels, actually, because uh, Hera did basically the same thing, except she went through, like, the hangar deck, so she actually went all the way through the... Uh, uh, ship and, and actually survived, but I, I think she ended up causing just as much damage to the uh, <clears throat> to the Imperial ship. Um, and I don't know if that was intentionally them trying to 
set up the the same idea, but uh, that's what I thought of. So <clears throat> beyond those things, um, there there were some narrative issues that I did take with the movie. I mean, um, for one. I mean, this movie felt more like a part three than a, of a trilogy than a part two. Yeah. Uh, because there were a lot of things you're going, oh, whoa, oh, we're that we're to that part already, huh? We're already getting to the part where Ray and Kylo both confront Supreme Leader Snoke together, you know, and, and that's when the movie turned into very Return of the Jedi. So a lot of folks are going to go, oh, the last Jedi is like it's it's the Empire Strikes Back of the new of the new uh, trilogy. Huh? And I go, no, it's not. It's it's actually the return of the Jedi <laughs> of the new trilogy. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, uh, y- 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 there were so many uh, narrative choices, that, I, you know, that Ryan Johnson was taking in again. There was, you know, as the movie was put together, as, you know, it was in production and Kathleen Kennedy and all the folks, you know, at Disney and they were really pleased with um, how the movie came out because I think they were going, Ryan Johnson is giving everybody that, you know, he's taking it in a whole new direction. No one's going to expect the things that are going to happen here, which is true. I remember half the time going, oh, but it wasn't like, it, to me, it wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. It was, I wasn't expecting that so soon. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah I, 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 I'd agree with that, that, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the big twists and turns were things that you might expect to see. It's just, uh, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect to see them in this movie. It would be more like the the next movie. But you know, there's, you know, everybody. Well, I wouldn't say everybody, but there were so many people that were saying that uh, the Force Awakens was just sort of a rehash of a New Hope, and so, you know. I, obviously, this is this is taking the the saga in a very different direction in the next movie. No matter what happens in the next movie, you know, I I don't think I don't think I could claim to know what's going to happen next, and I, I don't think anybody else would either. Oh yeah, no, the, the, you're absolutely right. It, um, if you didn't like the Force Awakens because you felt like it was just a retread of a new hope. And I, I do make my joke about the last Jedi being the return of the Jedi, but I, I mean that more as the, like it felt, it feels more like a resolution type yeah. uh, chapter as opposed to, as opposed to the middle chapter that is supposed that, you know, the intent of it is to complicate matters for your heroes before setting them towards the climax of your story. And it does complicate things. Although man, uh, I, how many resistance people died because of Poe Dameron? Yeah, you know, I I, I thought I thought about that as I'm watching the show or as I'm as I'm watching the movie. I'm like, wow, you know, uh, um, you know, in the first movie, Poe Dameron is is the you know he's the hotshot pilot. He's sort of the Luke of uh, of of you know the the uh, the resistance at that at that point. Everybody loves him. Uh, he's everybody's favorite. And in this one, almost from the beginning, he's the one causing all the problems. 
and getting people killed. Right. You know, yeah. Because, yeah. Cause he's like going off. No, we need to do this. We're not backing off. And then when he, when he's being told back off, back off, he turns, he turns off his communicator and he goes ahead anyway. And he, and it's not just him putting himself in danger. He's getting all his people killed because he's a leader, you know, and his people, as you know, will follow him into the breach. And so to speak, you know, they'll, they'll go anywhere he goes. And what happened to Greg, Grunberg's character now I think about it where's Snap Wexley did, did, did Poe get him killed too we just didn't see it ah <laughs> oh, that would be a hell of a thing if he got killed off screen <laughs> really so you know I, I kept going through the whole movie I kept waiting for Poe Dameron to be proven right you know, at some point that all his gambling and his gambling and his gambling was going to really pay off. And it never does. If anything, at the end, he realizes, OK, I'm being too hot headed. I'm getting people killed. I'm going to back off for once. But by then, it's a little it's a little too little too late. I mean, you've got like the scraps and remnants of your resistance forces fighting a pretty much a cannot win, you know, fight against the the the, the first order who, man, the first order Outside of losing Starkiller Base, they didn't seem to take a whole lot of casualties, you know, when I, you look at it. You know, I, I was thinking about that, by the way, because I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was talking to somebody about, um, about Star Trek Beyond, because they had actually just seen that for the first time. And she pointed out that, um, you know, this Yorktown base that Starfleet had, like, you couldn't build that in, you know, five, ten years. It would take, take you a hundred years to build something like that. So, you know, when is that supposed to have happened within the, the Star Trek universe? And I had the same thought as I'm watching, uh, um, you know, this story play out. I'm like, wow, you know, it seems like there's actually more people involved in the First Order than there were in the Empire. Yeah, it's like, holy crap. We're, yeah, they, they still had a complete fleet, you know. They, they obviously, you know, yeah, you lose some folks on Starkiller Base, but you think about it, a lot of those guys evacuated anyway. It's not like the Death Star. When, when the Death Star exploded, it was pretty sudden, and no one, no one um, was able to get away. Yeah, yeah they, they had plenty of time to, to evacuate Starkiller Base while mm -hmm. uh, Kylo and Ray were fighting it out. While they were fighting it out, so you're there, and okay, and 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 the 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 resistance lost a lot of people in that one too, you know. So you're there going, boy, they are they are they're like almost done, and and with the last Jedi, as you're watching it, you're going, it looks, it, it really did look like they're done, and I'm there going, you know. They, they kept saying that we are the spark that's going to light the, you know, the fire that burns the resistance. I'm like, you have no kindling right now. Even if you sparked something, you have nothing. You have nothing to burn. <laughs> Everything's gone. You've, you've pretty much burned out everything because you're being all hot headed with your strategic decisions and, and you're outgunned and outmanned and all you're doing is running, running, running. And, you, and even when you're running, you're losing people. And <clears throat> by the end, I was like, boy, I, I don't know if I'm so much happy at how this movie ends as maybe I should just be relieved. Because in the end, when you think about it, it's just the resistance was incompetent. You know, they they had no counterattack. They had no counter plan. You have your entire resistance force going in one direction, you know, to get away from the from the from the first order on an evacuation. 
you know, so your entire fleet is getting picked off and they're going, no, no, you scatter. You go in all different directions. <laughs> you don't all go together. You break up. You say, like in Empire Strikes Back, we'll meet you at the rendezvous point, you know? Go that way. But, okay, not, catch us all. Well, I, I have to put some of the blame on, on Leia for that one. Uh, uh, not not her, her own fault, but, I mean, think about it. If, if Senator Thad Cochran was suddenly made a general, uh, you know, I, I doubt that would end well. Yeah. Well, yeah. And 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 that goes. She, know, she, she's she's a politician. She's not a military strategist. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, there's some that some that will tell you that she was probably more a military person than a than a poli- uh, like a, a, a a military general. Well, let's see. I'm trying to think about those revolutionaries, you know, South American revolutionaries that went in the, went into uh, politics. You know, she's kind of, oh, like one of that, those, not even South know? America. I mean, you could look at the at the uh, you know the revolutionaries here in in the U.S. You yeah, know, they, they they were they were kind of uh, kind of straddling the line between military and, and poli- politicians and politicians. So, but you know, you know, we, saying that makes it that makes a thing though that that's a, that one of the things that the the flaw to it is that you're trying to make it look like. Um, you know, General Organa is this great tactician, you know, and she's a great leader and all that, but she's essentially leading them to die. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, until Luke bails her out. But, uh, you know, so, so we mentioned that, um, you know, like you had said, this feels more like the, you know, the third film in the trilogy instead of the, instead of the middle ground. And, um, you know, it, it seemed like they made at least some attempt to answer most of the big questions, except the thing I, I walked away scratching my head about was what, what in the world was Snoke's point? <laughs> like he, 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 he said, you know, you, you expect him to be like the emperor on steroids. And instead he was he was picked off pretty easily. He was, you know, he was a deus ex machina. You know, he was just a, he was just something there to get our characters from point A to point B. And and you're right, because I'm thinking, wow, we're finally seeing Snoke here. Um, We we get a repeat of what's essentially the throne room scene from Return of the Jedi, with a couple clever twists in there, and and a little bit of humor of all things too, yeah. you know that bit when when Ray tries to pull the lightsaber to her and it goes around her and it smacks her in the back of the head, which yeah, I thought that was a great touch. I gotta admit, I mean, a little bit embarrassing for our hero, but funny, right? Yeah. So, and al- and also by the way, uh, uh, props to uh, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke for actually having enough of a sense of humor to bring it around and smack her in the back of the head. Yeah, All right, but I'm there going, dude, you're you got a woman in your throne room and you're just there like in a robe, in a gold robe, like a Hugh Hefner thing going here. He's like the Harvey yeah. Weinstein of a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, really? Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> but but yeah, so so I'm waiting for there to be some sort of exposition talking about him and like saying, oh, I did this. And when I rose to power, I did that. And I for a long time since I blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm waiting for that, you know, so at least, hey, fill us in. What's going on? Here? <clears throat> What's going on here? Yeah. And it never happened. 
No, and uh, we, we really know know no more about Snoke right now than we did when uh, when the whole thing started, and and he's gone now, so we're not going to learn that. Actually, so we you know I suppose they could they could shoehorn something in, uh, you know, in in episode nine, but there's really no point to it. He's gone, and you know he's sort of fulfilled his role. He fulfilled his destiny. <laughs> Well, like if, if whatever your Snoke theory uh, was, it doesn't matter. He's dead now. Right. So yeah, and, and I I might add uh, probably one of the more spectacular uh, deaths in uh, in Star Wars. And, and it was yet another moment where I was going, "Oh, we're through this part already." Wait, what? He's going to do that already? All right. It was, you know, it, it, I don't know if Ryan Johnson re- realizes that he pulled a Lucas. Uh, maybe he did that on purpose. It was his homage to the Phantom Menace, where this one character, which was built up throughout all the, you know, the, the, the advanced publicity of the film, Darth Maul, gets, you know, unceremoniously disposed of by being sliced in half. And yeah. he pretty much did the same thing to, to Supreme Leader Snoke, which I think is one of the reasons why people are about a little bit miffed with this movie. Which, which, by the way, uh, uh, I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, he actually was not cut in half. He was cut in thirds because uh, if you look later, his arm was still on the chair. Ah, OK. There we go. Well, that's so, right. So yeah, at least sense. at least Ryan Johnson yeah. was original in that way. All right. Thank Oh, and also fulfilling the the um, the bit where everyone in a Star Wars movie must lose a limb. So, yeah. oh, you know, I that that's an excellent point because I was actually one of my bullet points was this was uh, the first time nobody lost a limb. But you're right, Snoke. Uh, Snoke checked actually a lot of boxes in this one. Checked the box, lost bottom his bottom half and his arm. Yeah. So. Uh, so, so my question for you, from a, a story perspective, uh, since we're on the, uh, you know, the uh, the throne room scene, um, do you think Ray's parents actually, you know, just like sold her for drink money, as Kylo Ren said, or was he just trying to manipulate her? Because I, I feel like in, in the third movie, I feel like we're we're we actually are still going to find out that she's a Skywalker or Kenobi or something. See, here's the thing. I mean, again, back to this whole bit about wanting something like a movie like The Last Jedi to be completely different from any other Star Wars movie. Um, and I've heard I've, I saw a couple other critics online give their two two cents about it where and, 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 and then you look at the end of The Last Jedi where it's pointing towards yet a, a new Jedi order being risen up because you have all these other folks exhibiting force powers, right? Yeah. So I could see it as that, that, yeah, Ray is essentially just not really, she's no one. She's just someone who is very strong in the force because you, you have to, you will run into that. It's not like the Skywalkers, you know, have cornered the market on force powers. I mean, even before Luke Skywalker, they were powerful Jedi. And then, you know, somewhere along the line, you had to have others. And of course, you're going to have them after that. It's not just the Skywalkers, right? 
You could have a story about how Ray's parents, you know, were possibly, you know, one of the mom, the mother could have been a, a force sensitive person. And then, you know, but, you know, she never learned about her. Blah, blah, blah. Fine. Like uh, like Ray Kinsella said in Field of Dreams, maybe my father heard voices, too. He just never did anything about them. There you go. Right. So then, but then you like, but they kind of like, in a way, to, and so the, there, that, the issue I take with that, though, is you look at how The Force Awakens was setting things up. There's a scene with Maz Kanata when, when Ray first finds a lightsaber, you know, down in the lower level of Maz's castle and um she goes oh that lightsaber belonged to luke's father um who passed it on to his son and now it call reaches it calls out to you so she's sort of like implying that she's got skywalker she's part of the skywalker lineage because the lightsaber is you know is also force sensitive and the kyber crystal you know in it is is chosen specifically by um by the jedi who creates it and it's kind of like you know the wands in harry potter right you know the 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 the, 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 the wizard doesn't choose the wand the wand chooses a wizard so it's a similar thing there mm-hmm. so you would you would expect that the kyber crystal if it's calling to ray it's because she has something something skywalker about her right yeah, I, I mean, maybe that's, uh, you know, I, I will I will bet that, uh, you know, that's one of the um, I don't know if you'd call it a conspiracy theory, but one of the fan theories that comes out of this is that uh, um, Kylo, it, it'll turn out that Kylo was just was just toying with her. And, uh, you know, if not, if not a Skywalker, certainly that that her, her parentage will figure into the the next chapter but we'll see man we'll see i mean jj abrams is taking um over the last chapter and um remember how we were talking about how the last jedi could be so different from the force awakens that it would it's almost a shame that jj abrams is you know going to close the trilogy because it seems like he's going to pull it back to more safe space yeah right you know, I can see some fans saying that. Okay, JJ, bring us back to what we were comfortable with. Yeah. You know, tell us that Ray really was very, very special, and that her parents did this and that, and you know, and so on and so forth. Well, he actually, you, you know, he, he was involved in the in the production of this movie. I mean, he's he's still kind of the the the, the head honcho of the Star Wars movies. Um, uh, so you know, it's not like this came out of no it's not like you know he could have vetoed this if he if he really wanted to so i am sure he has an idea of where he's going um the way i'm i mean there are things that um now makes me wonder what colin trevorrow got fired for because (laughs) the the, they were having issues with the script for number three you know the for the third one for whatever the last you know um the last of this uh, trilogy is going to be and you know, Colin Trevorrow did it with his regular co-writer. The Kathleen Kennedy wasn't happy with it. They brought in another screenwriter to give it a shot. I guess Trevorrow had issues with that. He gets bounced from the project. And now you've got J.J. Abrams and yet another writer uh, giving this one a shot. So it's like you can tell that they're, um, you know, maybe they just they just don't know how the story ends 
right now, which kind of, you know, I guess kind of concerns me. Um, maybe, I mean, for, I guess in the creative process, it's, it's quite thrilling. It's quite exhilarating if you're writing it. Um, I will say this, um, for me, uh, I've gotten as much out of this story as I've, I guess I wanted because here, here are two things. One, we know that Leia is not going to be in episode nine, right? right. Yeah. Which I, I wonder if, um, you know, if they're having some uh, some regrets about uh, uh, choosing to to kill off Luke in the in the in the way that they did, um, uh-huh. because, you know, obviously nobody nobody knew uh, what was going to happen with, uh, with with Carrie Fisher, un- unfortunately, you know, passing away. And, um, you know, it, it I, I it feels like um, feels like, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, in retrospect, you know, if they, you know, at, at some point they made the decision that they weren't going to change anything. You know, they were just going to go with the, the story it is, as it is. I wonder if uh, as they're writing the next chapter, they're going to be regretting that. Oh, yeah. Um, and my guess is for the next one, um, and spoiler, I mean, you've seen this already, you know, Leia does not die in in The Last Jedi. You kept, you could tell that they were kind of teasing it mm-hmm. in the, in the, uh, in the uh, trailers and stuff, you know, which is kind of, kind of cruel when you think about it. In well, it was, it was kind of like uh, mm-hmm. when there were rumors in, uh, when they came out with Star Trek 2 that Spock was going to die. And so in like the, you know, in the Kobayashi Maru scene, they actually oh, do right. kill Spock. And so everybody yeah. was like, oh, ha ha, look at that. They didn't really kill Spock after all. Yeah. And then at the end, they actually killed Spock well, anyway. Actually do. And then you're um, you're waiting for something to happen to, to Leia the whole time. And then she makes it to the end. And then you're like, okay, but they have – Carrie Fisher's not around anymore to do episode nine. And my guess is – is the will between this movie and the the next the final chapter they'll probably skip ahead maybe a few years you know three four five maybe ten years who knows and um, yeah they certainly can do that now yeah they can do it and then just in that time you know Leia has passed away and you know you can make a reference to it but you don't have to even portray her death scene it just it just happens um and really, with uh, with Han dying on screen and Luke, uh, yeah, I think we can deal with uh, with Princess Leia dying off screen. Yeah, we don't need it again. And, I mean, and to me, literally, literally, you can just make it that she died of old age. I mean, you don't, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that she she died in battle or anything. You know, it's just, you know, we we don't. Everybody dies in their sixties anyway. So for all we know, sixty actually is old age in in the Star Wars universe. You know, like it, in our world, she died tragically young. In their world, apparently not, because nobody makes it past 60. Well, at least you won't have to worry about, you know, universal health care. That's true. I, you know, I would imagine that. Uh, uh, well, actually, if you're um, if you're uh, if you're politically uh, left leaning, I would imagine that you don't think the uh, the first order would have universal health care. If you're right leaning, you would think that oh, the government controls everything, so of course they have universal health care too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it just depends on your. It, it all depends on your certain point of view. Kylo Ren for first order health care. 
by 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 the way, uh, you know, backing up a little bit, uh, it seemed like it seemed to me. They, they didn't really tease all that much about Holdo, you know, in the in the run up to it. But it seemed like her character ended up being completely different from what I expected, because everything that I heard, like in in character descriptions and everything, was that she was actually going to be like most of the time in a conflict with with Leia, and and that turned out to definitely not be the case. Yeah, and um, I I don't know why I didn't read too much about her character and. I, I did see the the um, stills of you know how she was dressed, and I'm like, wait, she's on. They they meet her on Canto Bite, right? Because who the hell is like on the ship of a star destroyer dressed like that? You know, I mean, did, did, no one gave yeah. her. You know, her wardrobe was the uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard's high heels of star wars it's like you know everybody else is like what you know all the other women on board are in combat fatigues and 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 stuff and she's she's looking like she just got out of a cocktail party yeah um, oh, oh by, by the way uh, not to not to just you know like shotgun all over the all over the place here uh speaking of people dying off screen i i i didn't feel like Al- admiral akbar got his due ah oh, yeah I was like, "Holy Mac, wait! Akbar's gone." Uh, it, you know, for, forget forget about Luke. That's the thing that 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 changed Star Wars forever. Admiral Akbar was was killed. Yeah, it was like Ryan Johnson was essentially. You know, everyone talks about. Uh, well, he's talked about how when he was a little kid, he liked. Um, getting his Star Wars toys and playing with them and enacting scenes. And I, I read another critic's review of the, the Last Jedi saying that the movie felt like you were essentially taking all your toys, your Star Wars toys, and playing with them and making a movie from them. And in, in this case, it was, you know, Ryan Johnson, you know, playing with his toys and going, I don't like this one anymore. And he takes an f- action figure and he sets it on fire and he throws it away. <laughs> and like, it's like, holy mackerel. Because when you get to the end of the movie, uh, the you know, as far as the first, uh, as far as the resistance goes, you know, you have that last bit. You're like, well, that's all that's left. I mean, literally, that's all that's left of the good guys. You know, yeah, everyone else is dead right now. So. Everyone, because because, you know, like I, I think they, they say at one point, like the first order guys say there's 30 of the uh, of the transports. There's like. You're in single digits by the time they actually get get down there, and then yeah. you know. Then there's a battle after that, and then and then most of those guys get killed, with the exception of of of, of uh, Finn, who Rose saves because Finn's going to go on a suicide mission, and and Poe, who ends up. Uh, surviving why because he finally figures out running into impossible odds just gets you killed anyway so he kind of like turns coat you know turns it turns and runs yeah he and And, finn sort uh, of switch places yeah and you're like yeah because that's the whole theme of the movie right that that uh, poe dameron is headstrong and jumps into everything without thinking whereas finn is always you know always overly cautious always in retreat mode because you know sometimes you know you just can't you just can't stand up against the force you're facing so you you know it's like run away fight another day you know so and then they kind of like flip flip positions um and then you get, of course, uh, with that going on, 
a Luke story arc, which to me, and here's this is always going to be my my biggest issue with the Last Jedi, um, because I know Ryan Johnson again wanted to be different and wanted to you know give people <clears throat> something other than they expected. I had I took issue with the ending with Luke's ending in the Last Jedi uh, the same way I took issue with uh, Jack's ending in Lost. You know the. Um, the, um, the Matthew Fox character on Lost, right? Or um, or Sam Beckett's um, um, end in a Quantum Leap, right? Or or, or Pucci's end on The Simpsons. On The Simpsons, right? Yeah, that they never get to see. They, they never really get to fulfill their real um, whatever they thought it was they needed to do you know you you never get to see your life's work complete um, Luke dies or not really dies he he goes to become one with the force because he's at peace with what he's seen I mean he has a the touching moment where he gets to see twin sons and before he you know it becomes one with the force but the, it's him it all comes down to that he gave ray three lessons in one day that were enough to ensure that she would be the new jedi of a new jedi order mm-hmm. okay three lessons in one day yeah you, you, thought, you thought uh, you thought you thought yoda had a had a uh, an advanced timetable curriculum with uh, with luke yeah. <laughs> this was even worse because with Luke, it, we, for for all we know, in Empire Strikes Back, he's he's he could have been on Dagobah at least a week, okay, or or even weeks for all we know. Because there's a bit where he lands on Dagobah, and then we know after Han and Leia escape from the Empire, you know, getting out of the um out of the asteroid belt, right? They have to fly to um, uh, Bespin in the Anoat system, which they say, which Han says, oh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a you know it's a bit of a uh, uh, a track, but we can make it. And because they have no hyperdrive, so they're going on sublight engines the whole way. So for all we knew, it took them days, if not weeks, to get there. Mm-hmm. Fine, right? So in that time, Luke is having his tutorial. But we know that it's a day or less than a day because at one point, they say, uh, I think it's Holda or, um, or Leia or even Poe say, we have 18 hours left before we start losing, you know, we, we run out of fuel. 18 hours where Ray is on Akto with Luke learning everything she needs to know about the force. Yep. Luke is just that good of a teacher. Yeah. So, I, so then to me, I'm like, oh, come on. I mean, I have been waiting how many years of my life to see Jedi Master Luke Skywalker in, in a Star Wars movie. And this is what I got. You know, I got to see him be a grumpy old man. I mean, they did. They revisited all those things from the old samurai movies. You know, the young student, older teacher fight with sticks. Right. They literally fought with sticks. At they, one point. they did. Yeah. I didn't even get to see Luke pick up a lightsaber. I mean, really pick up a lightsaber. You know, it was all it was all an illusion. And uh, and also oh, the so in other words now the Jedi have uh, force hologram powers. Well, I I did want to get into that, and uh, um, I have uh, what what could be a fairly controversial theory, or or maybe you'll agree with this. 
I, I think Ray accidentally killed Luke. Because, you know, if, if she would have, she, she decided to, to take the Falcon and, and go, go try to turn a Kylo Ren back to the light, which meant that Luke was trapped there on Octu because, you know, the X-Wing was underwater and you can't, it's probably been down there for years. It's not like he could fly that. Um, so, you know, if it hadn't been for Ray, if she would have stuck around on Octu and actually convinced Luke to come with her, he wouldn't have had to project himself the way that he did and he wouldn't have died. Yeah, see, that was, again, um, the whole bit that was kind of annoying me in retrospect, because you have that shot where you see the X-Wing in the water. And I kept waiting for that moment where, you know, um, Luke arrives in the X-Wing, like to to save the day. And um, and then, you know, they go, how'd you get here? X-Wing, but it was in the water. He goes, oh, X-Wings are much easier to lift these days than back in my day. <laughs> so, you know, but so that was, again, Ryan Johnson, like going, ha ha, I'm going to set this up for you. Ha, but then there's nothing to that. You know, it was constant setup, setup here, here, here to just fake you out. You know, it's like the whole, uh, they say, if a gun um, is put on a coffee table in the first act, it must be fired in the third. Well, you know, Ryan Johnson was putting down guns. He was putting down potato chips. He was putting down um, um, cans of soda that were open and that gun wasn't getting fired. Those chips were getting eaten and that soda went flat. <laughs> so, uh, well, here's here's one question and, you know, um, I mean, you, you've only seen the movie once. I've only seen it once. Maybe it'll be maybe be clear in subsequent viewings. But did Luke die from like exhaustion from having to project himself that way? Or was it actually because Kylo stabbed him? Ooh, that's a good thing. That's a yeah, maybe there was there was because, you know, Ray and uh, and, and Kylo, they, they were able to to, to touch and um you know, obviously, uh, if we learned anything from the Matrix, it's, you know, stuff that happens to you when you're projecting yourself into another world, they, they do happen to you in real life. So uh, uh, does that mean that, that Luke died because he was stabbed or because he was exhausted? Because he, he did look exhausted, but he also could have looked exhausted because uh, Kylo stabbed him. And cut him in half, too. Remember, he goes right, you know, cleaves him in two. That's right. Yeah. Um, so so it, that, they, it could have been a combination of the two. That That's true. Um, and But to me, it's a whole I mean, again, when you talk about it in a thematic sense, um, it's, you know, the, to me, it, Ryan Johnson made it look like the yeah, the whole thing, the exertion of it was just so much that Luke's, you know, corporeal form couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, like most senior citizens in the Star Wars universe. He just went to be one with the Force, uh, which which means you know that. Uh, although I want to know if he goes to be one with the Force, is he going to meet um, the? Is he going to meet his young father? Okay, as we learned in in uh, the re, re uh, edit of Return of the Jedi, that yeah. Anakin is now younger, and uh, Alec Guinness. Well, Alec Guinness stays Obi Wan. He doesn't get to be young again. Um, but will he meet the CGI Yoda from, um, you know, Revenge of the Sith, or will he meet the puppet Yoda, as was resurrected in um, the Last Jedi? Yeah. Do you think that was the same puppet? Because it looked like it. It was, there was a great uh, I know it's not the same puppet because the actual puppet is kind of like it's not around it's like the 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 the, the 
plasticine or the styrofoam, whatever it's made out of, it doesn't um, endure that long. But my goodness, didn't they, what a job they did bringing back the Empire Strikes Back Yoda in puppet form. Yeah, that, that was really, really amazing. And, um, you know, he didn't have, he didn't have a huge role, but uh, it was, it was pretty cool to see him again. And it, and it was also pretty cool to think that, um, you know, like he, he probably had, um, you know, I, I think you, you could you could guess that at some point, you know, in the intervening years, he probably had seen Obi-Wan and Yoda and maybe even his dad again, you know, at, at, at various times. It's true. And and that does leave the door open for Luke Skywalker to return in the, the next um, well, and final episode. But I, I would say know. that's inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, you know, especially especially with 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 Leia, you know, I, obviously Carrie Fisher is not going to be in the next one. Obviously, um, I, I think that's inevitable that that he, not only is he going to be in it, but he's probably going to play a big role in it. Well, we'll see, because all I know is um, I, I this this movie, it, I've, it's pretty I'm pretty much checked out on uh, Star Wars movies now. It's this uh, I, I'm like, uh, like you know, I wanted to see Luke and you. And and that's it. No more Luke Skywalker. I don't know. Well, the question is, you know, now, uh, you know, the movie's out. It's going to be a big deal for a while now. Uh, they're going to be setting up the next episode, uh, and and in the intervening time, they're going to be opening up the uh, you know the the Star Wars park at uh, at Disney World. Um, so if you're if you're Disney. You got to have a restaurant in the uh, in the Star Wars park. Do you have Kentucky Fried Porks? The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gabatron.